Good afternoon, wherever you are and however you may be listening. Welcome back to another episode, another week of Porch Time. E-E. What's going on? What's going on, guys? And not a whole lot with us. We are just here in our studio. I'm using air quotes right now. Studio. We, we don't yeah, the people studio. don't really know where we record. They don't need to. Let's if you don't it. know, my name's Caleb, by the way. I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Cole. And we are recording live from a... Undisclosed location. Undisclosed location. <laughs> They've been listening for a while. I think they know our names. But Mortal Kombat Island. It's good to. Yeah, we have made it a thing. Mortal Kombat Island is officially a thing. No, uh, we are. We're here for another another week of a uh, of a uh, life in in uh, coronavirus living. And uh, but that doesn't mean that there are there's not anything to talk about because there are there are even though content's at a premium, you know, there's still stuff happening. This really is. If any week has been a slow yeah, week, this it's one been for us has been. We tough. missed last week too, guys. Yeah. We apologize about that. Life kind of gets in the way. <laughs> you could say that, yeah. Um, but no, we uh, tonight. We're what's today? The seventeenth. So, as far as you know, we've been keeping up with the last dance documentary, and we've been watching it uh, along with you guys. Well, we are a week ish behind the finale actually airs tonight we're still going to go in order because some of you may be catching up and if you want to know our take on it we're going to be keeping along with that and we'll hit the finale in two weeks i guess yeah Yeah, and and that'll be our take on it uh it'll be old news but it'll still be news so whatever we're going to do it that way and hopefully you'll hang with us and and uh definitely be along for that ride but um yeah, we we did uh, this week was five and six for us, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a good one. I gotta say, uh, two, I really two enjoyed. More than, than I really I, enjoyed every episode. Yeah. That has, has not been a bad it's episode been very of this good. yet. It's, it's been, yeah. so crazy learning about Michael and for sure. the Bulls and his whole time. Everything just kind of went on. A lot of stuff you didn't know. A yeah. lot, of, you know, a lot of stuff we were very unaware of, and and uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, starting with episode five. Um, I mean, I think everybody knows about the dream team and like. His his journey in, into the Olympics uh, was was super interesting to me. Uh, you know, because it's it's always it's always crazy to see how I don't think a lot of people realize or understand the, the separate worlds that are Olympic sports and their professional counterparts. Like it's it's definitely it, whether snowboarding, track and field, uh, basketball, gymnastics. It's 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 one and the same, but it's not. It's, there's a lot of differences there, and I think it, this shines some light on some of the similarities and not so similarities of Olympic life versus like professional life. And for sure, I think I think. Well, I think it was interesting too. So up until this point, there had not been many NBA players. I was playing just, yeah, just Olympic basketball, that, yeah. which is crazy to think. Though. I like, had no idea who was, was playing thing. Olympic <laughs> basketball. Then. I, yeah, I had the same question. Who, who, who really guys they were off the street? Yeah. Hey, you you look like you could play. You ever want to play for you, the Olympics? You want, you want to come hoop for the US of A? <laughs> No, I was that was so weird to me because I, I'm assuming maybe like amateur clubs or they had like tryouts. I don't know. I have no clue. Who, well, it's just, who else would you take for the USA exactly. besides professional basketball? Uh, yeah, players. that's that was so weird to me that, that that it was super strange. And it's funny that you know they '92 they you know they they showed in the documentary that they they have 11 NBA 11 plus NBA players. They crush everybody. I mean, it's yeah. an instant. Like, why haven't we been doing this the entire time? Which is yeah. really weird. I heard that it was so strange to hear that. It's like who who in the world has been playing all these yeah. years? Well, it's it was really cool too. Well, it wasn't cool. I feel bad for the guy, but the whole Isaiah Thomas thing. He basically well, got blacklisted from playing for this team because nobody liked him. Okay, but that's that's the thing, man. That, that's Isaiah. Here's the deal with Isaiah Thomas. When you kick rocks. People, especially when you aim them at people, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna cause some problems. And Isaiah Thomas, while I understand that, like playing for the United States Olympic team is like a super big deal, and he got you know shortchanged unbelievably so much by being left out of that team. 
There were there were a lot. I mean, I would I want to know how his teammates felt about him. I'm sure there was problems in that locker room with him. Maybe not. I don't know. But I mean, you talk to everybody that played with him, against him. Man, people had problems with the guy. He had a big mouth, and he did not mind throwing his as little as weight as he had throwing that weight around. You know, and well, that's the whole thing. I say I feel bad for him. If say he they hadn't cared what Michael or anybody else yeah. said, and they put him on that Olympic team. Wouldn't have done anything because nobody would have gave him the ball. But that's the thing, man. Nobody would have wanted to play you with say, him. He says it in the documentary, the guy, you know, what if Isaiah Thomas would have been on that team? And he, Michael says it would have 100% changed the chemistry. Because yeah. like one of his favorite memories of that time is is the practices and the time they spent off the court. And I don't think you get that brotherhood and that momentum off the court with Isaiah Thomas there. I think because you're bringing in somebody – like we all in our lives have at one point or another had to grin and bear it and work with somebody we don't want to work with, go through projects or work or, or sports too even where where you just you have to you you have to be next to somebody that you man, you just don't want to do it. And that's never fun. Like it's no. never a good, it's never pleasant when you have to sit through something like that. And I don't believe that Michael Jordan pulled his weight and was like, I don't want him on this team, but I think he was very relieved to find out that he was not selected. Yeah. You know what else was big in this episode too? Got to be the shoes. The shoes. Oh man, I, I did love. I did love because you you know me. For you guys that are going to get to know us better, I'm a major sneakerhead. We we love shoes, footwear, like all that stuff is just like we. I live it, eat it, eat it, breathe it. It's, it's so, crazy, man. Like I had no. I, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't. Granted, I've never had a reason to look up this history about the Jordans. But I thought Air Jordans did not come until after his basketball no, career had yeah, been well ended. Just, I didn't. I had no idea that was going on while he was still playing he, basketball. And, and they should have. I wish they would have touched a little bit more on it in this episode. They don't really die. Of course, the documentary is not about Air Jordan. It's about Michael Jordan. They got but, pretty well into it. I mean, well, they did, but I mean, they don't. They don't explain to someone like you who did like who doesn't is unaware that he started Air Jordan. You know, well into his career. But I mean, he had those shoes. Well, you 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 heard he. That's the first shoe he played in in the garden. Yeah, and that was the last shoe he played. Which I thought it was hilarious that the, the Air Force Ones were was this shoe, and that he because I mean you he even says it in the show you know he pulls out a pair of oh gosh like retros or something that actual basketball shoes at this point because he's made actual basketball shoes at this point not just the high top Air Force One. And he even says it. He's like, man, innovation's come a long way. You know, in 80-whatever, when he was playing in the Air Force Ones, no cushion, yeah. no basketball art support, no, you know, they, they they were high tops. But, I mean, you're playing in a street shoe. Yeah. And, I mean, he says, you know, my feet are bleeding. i got to get these shoes. I thought it was hilarious that, like, people played in that. Well, they played in Converse. Yeah. And, I mean, no. So that people played in Converse. Yeah. Oh, isn't my the, God. Isn't that hard to <laughs> imagine? <laughs> it's, but, yeah, it, it's the, the shoe portion of it was super cool to me and, like, learning. Of course, he is – it is the biggest shoe brand in the world. I mean, yeah. his Michael Jordan's Air Jordan brand alone is worth billions of dollars. The number in the show, they they moved Nike's projected quarter was three million. They sold 127 million in one year, and that I mean that tells you alone the impact and the effect. I mean, well, the the red and black Air Force One is still one of the most most iconic shoes in the world. Like I, it's been my dream to own a pair, and hopefully someday I will if I can ever get my wallet in order. <laughs> but it, it's it was really cool to see that and like see and I I, I I watched the footwear since episode one. Like all the shoes and stuff is really cool to see. So. I think it was cool too how he specifically said that he was an Adidas guy. Like he yeah, liked oh, Adidas see, I didn't better. know that. I, I, you never think about you never think about Michael Jordan with another deal. You never yeah. think about Michael Jordan with another brand other than Nike. And but you but you got to remember this is this is late eighties, early nineties, or at this point this is late eighties coming into his career, and it's it's 
you know, you, 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 he wasn't all white. He wasn't born with a Nike swoosh tattooed on his forehead. So it's like, yeah. he's, they have that clip of him. Oh, I like Adidas shoes and this and that. And you're like, what is this? This has got to be I mean, where the money is. I mean, his yeah. dad was real smart to make him yeah. take that deal because it oh, for worked sure. out fantastically for, sure. for yeah. him in the end. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I think, and, and I love, of course, I, again, got, you know, one thing about me, I'm, I'm the history of Nike, like it's, it's, you know, uh, Phil Knight and, and the running side of it. Of course, I come from a running background and they started as a track and field company. Like it's, it's such an amazing history and their, their story is so cool. But, uh, you know, they, Magic Johnson says, you know, first 15 years of the company, they were primarily a track and field just road distance, you know, shoe company. And they were, you know, uh, when Nike started in 1975, it, you know, they made road racers and trainers and stuff like that. And then the waffle came along and then they branched out into, uh, football and basketball, which, you know, just blew, blew up the entire thing, but it was really cool to see. And I didn't know that he didn't want to do, I didn't know that he originally wasn't going to take the meeting. Like that's insane to think that he was that close to yeah. not, he could have lost all that money. That's yeah, crazy. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, he's made tons of money doing other things, yeah. but the fact of the matter is that probably Air Jordans had made his career. Yeah, I mean, more the shoe brand, well, I mean, the Jordan shoe. I mean, Jordan shoe brand. It's is, iconic. Is, yeah, I mean, it's it's what's what's all the people that were advertised. Spike Lee, you yeah. know, all these. Is it the shoes, Michael? <laughs> yeah. Well, all this, like they said in the documentary, it's like where this old urban culture and sports kind of mesh. Well, you know, and, and, and that was that. That is, it was truly the point where you see urban culture, not just urban culture, not just black culture, because there was a line. Gosh. I where I heard it, who said it, whoever said it, if you hear this, creds to you. But and it's it's kind of it's 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 very one sided and, and when you hear it, you're gonna be like, Oh my gosh, why would you say that? But we live in a we live in a world, especially with the nineties, with NWA uh, and, and all of these, you know, Tupac and all of these black artists and Spike Lee and all these producers and artists and athletes where I heard this one time what the uh, what the affluent black artist athlete or person does in society the young you the youth white youth of America will follow because we it was the same now and it was the same but it's, that's that's been around for way longer than just us like yeah. Jordan puts these shoes on Spike Lee directs this commercial Spike Lee makes this movie it turns like that because I mean it's just cooler it's just cooler it looks better feels better it's smooth it's clean and people want to be, you know you want to be like mike and yeah. that's the cultural movement be like behind all of that you know and him making space jam and all these things it, it's it's really cool to see just the massive wave of of how it all turned you know and and they talk about this might have been in six we'll, we'll get to in a second but you know how he, you know, they got to a point where he he would leave you, you know once he left his hotel room it had to be on and that he couldn't walk outside without. Well, I mean, in I would argue to say that by 1998, and it, it insinuates this heavily in the documentary, he was the most recognizable, popular, and well-known person on the planet. Yeah, he 100 percent was that, and so that's a big deal. Like that's a lot of pressure, and but it's it's really cool to see how all the good things that came from it. For well, sure. that's what it's, caused all these other problems too in the these episodes when the media just. It reaches a point to where, like, okay, we don't care how good of a guy he is yeah, now. Yeah. Well, let's find the bad stuff. Let's take whatever we can and let's turn it around Ooh. and show everybody that Michael Jordan is not a good guy. I, I should have cited the guy's name that wrote the book, the, uh, the Jordan Rules book. But that's that's the line he uses in the documentary is, is well, people got tired of, of – 
perfect Michael. People got tired of the brand deals and the McDonald's. See, here's my thing. I don't think the public did. The media did. The media got tired of perfect Michael. So you you think the guys behind the cameras were just like, oh, let's dig up some dirt, huh? Exactly. I'm not going to say specifically the guys behind the cameras, but the guys who were doing the reporting. Yeah. That's what I I mean. The The, publishers, the the editors at these, you know, and they're like, oh, we've got another, you know, what do we got on Mike this week? And it's like, (laughs) well, he gave... $2 $2 million to McDonald, Ronald McDonald yeah, charity. charity. Well, that's I don't not going to be about that. <laughs> he, he did that last year. Yeah. I want dirt on this guy. What about, what about his game? He has yeah, a gambling yeah. problem, right? That, he gambles. Yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> you know, and that's what they did. And hop on. And they took that and they just blew it so yeah. out of proportion. And it's like he says over and over in the documentary, it's a hobby. And I'm a firm believer. Everybody needs a vice. You know, and <laughs> here's and, and he also says this is how he knows his gambling is not a problem. I may be skipping a couple episodes ahead, but he says I'm not broke. I'm not on the street begging for money so I can go gamble yeah, that was away. Six, yeah, we're six episodes. Yeah. Six, yeah, he's like that's how I know it's not a problem. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd be hocking off my watches and pawning them. My kids would be going hungry. Yeah. like and and I, I that was a very smart thing to say. You know, when he did that interview, I think he it was very. I was very impressed with how he. Now, granted, when you set the interview up, it's kind of easy to sound smart, but I was impressed because he gave all the right answers. I mean, people that gamble, people that get, especially with that amount of money, man, like. Put, putting hundreds of thousands of dollars and thousands of dollars on golf games and, and card games like this, it I mean, that's no joke. If you got like it, that, why not? And you're, I'm, not, I'm not saying I, I agree with that, but I mean, it's easy to lose it. And he know, was a, it's, it's not so, like he was hoarding all of his money or, no, no, you know, no, buying I mean, prostitutes and no, strippers I mean, and all this stuff. I mean, yeah. he was a giving man. He gave yeah. to charities. He gave his time. But – when it was his free time and he wanted to yeah. do what he wanted to do, he, he liked enjoyed gamble. gamble. He liked gamble. And well, that's I, I like, what it was. I like at the end of six what they say. And I, I relate – I'm not going to say I relate so much to this. I'm not a professional athlete. I, I, I just – I felt this a lot when he when – he, at the end of six when he said, you know, when everything came out about the gambling and, and, and people were on him and, and it, it was – it looked, you know, our, our, our night was backed into a corner. You know, he gave the explanation – Guys, I'm a basketball player. I'm not a philanthropist. I'm not a politician. I'm not a world leader. I'm focused on my craft. I'm focused on what I am paid to do. I'm like, and I and and I could see people looking at that and be like, "Well, that's just an easy out. Well, that's just an excuse." No, he's doing his job. He gets paid all this money to play basketball. He's lucky enough to be a professional athlete, but he just so happens to be the 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 face of the world in 1998. Everybody wanted him to take all these. You know, a politi- political stance on stuff, and it's not, like not endorsing, not endorsing Harvey Grant, and yeah. and making a decision. So what? So what? Hey, man, I'm a basketball player. I, I don't have to endorse you. I don't have to do squat. And that I think that is such a big problem. Well, it's crazy too that you see that there were these things. These issues existed in the '90s, and I think people forget that we just didn't wake up in 2013 and have racial injustice and political unrest. It's been going on and all for of this decades. Stuff. And 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 people get so upset because oh well, Michael Jordan does does not want to see his black brother succeed. No, Michael Jordan doesn't want to get mixed up in something that's going to hurt him further. What did he say? He has Republican fans too. Well, Republicans buy sneakers too. Yeah, Republicans buy and sneakers. And I'm sorry, too. get mad all you want the man it's a smart business move and at the end of the day one of the one of the lessons if 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 you're worth anything in this world one of the lessons that you learn early is you got to get yours you got to get yours and take care of your own and that's what he was doing and people get so upset because you wouldn't endorse harvey grant and and you you know but he was doing his job anytime the public 
especially nowadays, I feel like, but I guess it was back then too. Anytime the public looks at somebody who is this huge public figure like yeah. Michael Jordan, yeah. they automatically, well, what's your stance on this? You know, yeah. what are your we have to know. This? We have to know what you feel. Yeah. Like, and yeah. it's just like, why do, why do you care so much about that? Yeah. You know, like look at, look at what I am. I'm a professional athlete. I'm really good at being a professional athlete. I win my city. I win my team championships yeah. over and over and over. Let's stay on that. I'm not out beating people. I'm not yeah. out, you know, robbing and stealing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just yeah, to well, me, that same person you're talking about is not going to go ask Eddie Johnson, the the junior high janitor in exactly. uh, two counties over, what he feels about exactly. Harvey Grant. What do you think about Harvey Grant? Nobody cares what he thinks because you know, no disrespect, but it's it's the people of it's the people that shine the brightest in this world because that's that's. That is who I'm looking up to, and and people want to know because again, in nineteen by nineteen ninety eight, he was the most popular person on the planet, and it was either it was either you're going to take us to the promised land, or we're going to find out everything we can about you, and we're going to tear you down because that's unfortunately people suck. <laughs> it's yeah. just like that's just kind of how it works, and and but it was it was. I, I think he did the smart thing too by just. Not giving the media anything. Yeah, and, and not, you know, they, they talk about he went on like a two-week hiatus of just pure silence. I would have gone longer than that. Just, I'm going to be like, honest. Yeah, yeah, I would just, not have gave them anything for like yeah, two to three months. Not saying anything. And and, and, I, and I completely understand it. And I'm completely on his side, you know. About, and it's funny, too, when all this came, a few weeks ago when the documentary started, you know, he, he tweeted out or whatever that, oh, when you watch it, you're not going to like me. I mean, I, you definitely see that angle of like how you could definitely take up a stance against him and everything that he did and, and everything that he stood for. And, but, it, but I mean, I, I don't, to me personally, I respect the hell out of business savvy, creating the Air Jordan brand, staying on message with his basketball. Like he, 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 uh, he said with the Nike deal, he said, if I was averaging two points and three rebounds a game, I wouldn't sign no deals. Mm-hmm. Nike wouldn't call me. Right. It's because I'm the best in the world that I got offered what I offered. My, my, my play does my talking. You need to know something from me. Meet me on the court, and that's the way it should be, hundred percent. And mm-hmm. uh, nobody's perfect. You know, we talked about the gambling. Obviously, you got to keep that in check, and obviously, gambling is a hard hobby to keep in check. Nobody's perfect, you know. But but it's I. You say that, man. Listen, if you have the money, just like he says, if you have the money, your children aren't starving. You know, you're not having to sell your house. I'm not saying it's bad. You know, if you've got the money, do it. No, I'm not. Yeah, but I'm, I, I agree with that. I, I just, but, but you, you've got, you can't disagree that gambling is a very risky hobby. Obviously, it's a risky hobby unless you have the money to do it. Okay, and keep on doing so it. So you're cool with like blowing two mil on a blackjack game? If two million <laughs> is a drop, in if the you blow two million in a blackjack game, but you still have fifteen million in the bank, yeah, sure, yeah, go ahead. You know enough. why not? <laughs> he probably had more than that. Probably, probably. Well, that was you know that was so crazy. They show the footage of them in the back of the plane but gambling the with thousand dollars. Yeah. rubber bands like that's insane. Well, the media would have gone to the next thing. Say he didn't gamble. Yeah, but he drank scotch and smoked cigars. Which that, did, that's yeah. what they would have jump to yeah. is, is Michael Jordan an alcoholic also can we talk about how he was the best athlete in the world and he had at least probably two or three a day and no telling how they show him drinking the Miller Lite after a game yeah. like that's insane how these athletes operated back then yeah. it's crazy and I mean don't get me wrong LeBron James and and, and uh, Kevin Durant and all these athletes today that, that play their sports are as far as from a physical scientific biological standpoint far and away more superior than any of these athletes that we're talking about in the 90s, whether yeah. it be Reggie Miller, uh, Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, Patrick Ewing. 
any of these guys. They are far more superior because they don't smoke the cigars and drink the beer and stuff. Um, I just think, again, Michael Jordan was dropped into a time. Michael Jordan is from 2020. He got <laughs> dropped into 1995, and that that is what's so crazy about his story. But that, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and I think, you know, with, with these, these two episodes do a really – fantastic job of I think we've each kind of set has a theme and I think this theme along with the dream team and, and the Olympics and stuff was was his shining a light on this this super icon that is flawed that's a, yeah. that's not a perfect person and you know I think it, it it everyone can glean from that you know you got to watch your p's and q's when you get to the top because it I mean that light gets you know when the lights get light gets brighter you know so do the people holding the flashlights they get smarter yep. <laughs> I mean they you yep. know so uh that's that's um it was a really cool two episodes and, and we're gonna keep following it again we're, we're gonna be behind but we hope you guys follow along with us because we're watching it in order like I said we missed last week but uh we're, we're definitely we're, we're excited and we love it man so far I mean halfway right. through it's it's awesome but uh yeah we we a lot of cool stuff and still learning about him uh other than that uh, actually, today, as we tape this, um, I don't know how many NASCAR we got fans out there. Fans Ooh. we got out there, but NASCAR is back. I want to go fast. <laughs> yeah, NASCAR um, is back, baby. In Darlington, yeah, they're uh, they're racing in Darlington today, I believe. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, so NASCAR, looking from an outside in, is probably one of the safest social distancing sports I would, I would say that so. you could. <laughs> oh, they're already in protective suits. They have yeah. helmets. They have gloves. In a car by themselves. In a car yeah. by themselves. You know, so that's about as social yeah. distancing. You gotta worry, you I mean, get. you got to worry about the crews. That's it. Well, and that's what they're taking steps for the crews. You know, they're only allowing 16 members of a crew mm-hmm. in. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were actually watching Marty Smith just a minute ago before we uh, started this documentary, and he was talking about it, and he was saying that normally inside the racetrack, there'd be like a, over a thousand Thousands people. Thousands of people, yeah. Yeah. And there's barely eight hundred there today and they're just keeping everything spaced out which it's i hope the 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 reason we bring up nascar uh, aside from a glimmer of hope in in this barren sports landscape is is that we hope that other leagues glean from them and take from them um lessons of like hey how can we get this going and how can we get sports back you know because i mean it's it's what are we, two, three months into this thing? And I mean, it's rough. It is rough. <laughs> well, the sad thing is, and we've talked about it before, sports will come back, yes. Yeah. But unfortunately, for the first couple months, there's not going to be, be any yeah. fans. Well, me and you talked, uh, was it yesterday? We talked about college football yeah. again. And we, you know, we, oh. it, <laughs> I know, it just, it crushes us to even talk about it. But we were we were at lunch yesterday and we were talking, uh, you know, what what is it going to look? We've, we've talked about it a couple of times before, but, you know, we, we touched on, um, um, like, well, the, the, uh, no fans in the NASCAR stadiums, they're, right. they're doing no fan interaction. Well, you know, college football is a behemoth as far as financially. So how are they going to handle the, the ticket packages? How are they going to handle revenue losses with, with those fans, not in the stadiums? And I think it, it's such a, such a complex problem when you talk about phenomenon like college football. I mean, that's right around the corner. And I, I think everybody's kidding themselves, and they say, you know what? By the late by late August, we're going to be back to full capacity. I mean, everybody's going to just it's going to be over and gone with. I, you know, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I really well, it's like we were saying. The unfortunate fact of the matter: there will be college football, but it'll be half capacity yeah. fans, and those fans will more than likely be donors, donors, alumni, alumni you know, students, high yeah. alumni. And then it'll probably be like some kind of lottery for students. A lottery, you yeah. know? A lottery for students would be, because it's going to be like, well, 
that's the thing. They can't just have alumni and donors in there. Yeah. They, they've got to have some students for the college field, somebody to put on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, you say, you say that, you never know, man. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, you never know. Well, it makes it tough because you – it sucks because they will push college football through for all the wrong reasons. It doesn't matter if they need to play or want to play or not. They're gonna. We can't miss out on the money. They're not going to miss out on college right. football. And so they'll do half-capacity crowds, and it'll be a mad dash for tickets. I mean, you, me and you won't be going no, into a college football be. stadium anytime this year because it will – I mean – Ticket prices are going to be astronomical. They're going to go. They're going to inflate through the roof, and it'll be like you said, donors, alumni, all you know, special <laughs> friends and family will, will get seats. But I mean, mm-hmm. these half. It'll be interesting for sure. It'll be interesting to see how they handle. I mean, it, you know, and it, it will be. It'll definitely be getting used to. I mean, I don't know how it's going to feel sitting in Bryant Denny Stadium with twenty thousand people as opposed to what do they hold sixty? Yeah. Probably more than that. Well, what's even sadder than that is like. I mean, okay, it's not really necessarily sadder than the fact that these guys are having to play for half the fans, but like, we won't be able to tailgate. Yeah, they won't allow I, I, tailgating. I, don't, I don't see tailgating being a thing. And I if you're, uh, you know, I'm a huge Ole Miss fan. If you know yeah. anything about Ole Miss, we constantly okay, get rewarded, you know, the best tailgating experience in all of college football. Biggest tailgate out there. Yeah. And I mean, it, like, I, it lives up to the name. If you've yeah. never been to a game at Ole Miss, I highly recommend it just for the Grove, if nothing else. As a born and bred Bulldog, I got to say, it's kind of nice. It's, yeah. it's all well, right out there. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a fun time, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And that's everybody stacked on top but of each other. But you guys are packing there like sardines. And that's, very, they yeah. won't allow it. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't see them. They won't allow it, and that's just going to be heartbreaking. Yeah, and and it it, well, it's going to be. And we we you know you made the comment yesterday, and God, I hope you're wrong. But you know you 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 said, man, you know I I've got a feeling that I you know it may never go back to normal. And we what what if we're looking at a world for the rest of our lives where you see people coming in and out of grocery stores with masks on, you see establishments only doing fifty to seventy five percent capacity sporting events that 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 are trimmed and tailored to only uh, fit to very small numbered needs and, and, and fan uh, fan packages and stuff like that. So it's, it's definitely a, a freaky time, but, but um, it's, it'll be, it'll be strange for sure. But, but we'll, you know, we're we'll, hoping that we get back to we'll one day. We'll, we'll soldier to on. To end on a happy note, you know, <laughs> we, we're all healthy, you know, we're healthy anyways. I hope you and your For family sure. are yeah, healthy. It's, it's everybody out there listening and all of our, our day one listeners and everybody keeping up. We appreciate you guys sticking with us and we're still through this Chrome mess and, and we're going to be going through it for a while. So, uh, uh, yeah, we, we thank you guys for listening in on another week, and we'll be back next week uh, hotter and heavier than ever. So, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, guys. Make sure to follow us on all our social medias. You can follow yeah. us at, at Time Porch One. Yep. Um, also, you can follow me and my personal Twitter at CaseLab12. At ColdPaint16 is mine. And uh, a big shout out to Anchor, too, before mm-hmm, we end. Yeah. Shout out to Anchor. They're our host website. If you are thinking about starting a podcast, can't recommend them enough. They make everything super easy. Put your podcast on all different kinds of platforms. It's, it's because of them that we are. You can find us on Spotify at uh, at Porch Time. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys, for another week. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Call your mother. <laughs>